I'm on right now. I don't believe you. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. You really are crazy. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Me? No, come on. Don't be crazy. This is the Don't Be Crazy Movie Podcast. This is a show for film fans of all shapes, all sizes, all backgrounds, and all tastes. On this show, I enlist help from all of my amazing fellow friends and film enthusiasts to discuss what makes certain movies good or bad. We are by no means any expert, but instead we are just some big-time cinema fans who love to talk our asses off. I am your host, Zach Rancourt, and with me today, I have the pleasure of bringing on longtime listener, longtime guest, <laughs> Mr. David Dassa. David, who who are you? Where are you from? What's your background? And when did you get into film? And why is cheesecake so terrible? <laughs> I thought you were going to introduce me as Cotton Eye Joe there for a second. Where did you come <laughs> from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, David Dassa, Joe? Uh, <laughs> Uh, also, kudos on that alliteration. Um, uh, f- uh, friends and family film festival f- fun film f- podcast. Uncle Mo's family feedback. Yeah, that that's it. Um, no, uh, Zach, uh, I'm I'm doing great. Thank you for for having me again. Um, this is uh, this is a fun uh, little double header thing that we're doing. You just do my podcast. I'm doing yours. So. Um, and we get to talk about horror movies. So what could be better? Yeah, absolutely. So for people who don't know David, David, uh, why don't you explain, elaborate, you know, who you are, where you're from, what's your background, what you, how did you get into film? And uh, you can talk about your podcast. Sure. So yes, uh, you you said my name and thank you for pronouncing my last name correctly. I knew beforehand that you knew how to pronounce it, but um, it's easy to forget. Um, but yeah, I... I do host the Geek Garage podcast. Um, it is, uh, it's, uh, we market ourselves as the most inclusive and accessible nerd culture audio program on the interwebs. Uh, it is me and my wife, Lindsay, and we, uh, we cover a wide breadth of nerd and geek related topics, uh, both contemporary and evergreen. Um, but we try and approach everything from a very surface level, um, type of a position where, um, Let's say, for instance, you know a lot about Star Trek, but nothing about Star Wars, um, and you want to tune in for a Star Wars episode. You could very well do so and learn something, and you wouldn't be lost in the weeds. So um, that is kind of our goal with it, and we uh, we have a lot of fun. Um, as far as me and my background with film, that's a, that's a good question. I... Um, I really... Uh, I've been a lover of movies my whole life, but... I think I really started getting serious about, uh, you know, that looking at it with an analytical eye. Um, it, my senior year of high school, I took a, there was a, a, a film, uh, a film appreciation class that was only offered to seniors and you had to write an essay to get in. Um, and, uh, I think I did mine on Lord of the Rings. I can't remember what my thesis was, but, um, you know, I just, I wrote and, um, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I'm a naturally gifted writer. Um, it's something that I've never had to work too hard at to be pretty good at. So, um, I got in and, uh, you know, it's not like film school, but did start to teach me how to appreciate, uh, more, uh, you know, avant-garde stuff, um, and, uh, yeah, from there, I, I just started surrounding myself with people who knew more than me when it came to movies and started learning more stuff. And, uh, now I'm, I'm proud to say that my favorite movies are not Citizen Kane and the Boondock Saints. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't even, I, I couldn't tell you what my favorite movies are. There's just, there's so many. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I love film. I, I always love and appreciate being invited back on on uh, the Don't Be Crazy podcast. So, yeah, thank you very much for having me back on. Always love having you on. And I'm excited yeah. to talk about this film uh, today with you. We are going to do The Purge from 2013. Uh, this movie was directed by James DeMonaco, who you might know him from famous movies like The Purge, The Purge Anarchy, and The Purge Election Year. <laughs> 
huge resume. Uh, <laughs> James DeMonaco also wrote the movie. So creatively, it was his. And you explain that you're a naturally good writer. So you're the James DeMonaco of my podcast. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. This movie stars Ethan Hawke, uh, Lena Headey, uh, or Queen Cersei, as we like to call her. Right. Mark Burkholder, Adelaide Kane, Edwin Hodge, and Reese Wakefield. Critically, on IMDb, this movie got a 5.7 out of 10. So passing, but quite not a, a D grade. So it's, or I should say it's above 50%, but it's still failing technically. Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 40% on the tomato meter and a 36% audience score, which is fascinating because this movie has, what, like five spinoffs in a TV show or five yeah. sequels in a TV show. So clearly something happened to make it you know it's putting butts in the seats um i I take i take rotten tomatoes with a hefty grain of salt because some of these scores are just ludicrous yeah i when i when i saw those scores on there i i was very confused as well i was like yeah uh, not only like you said the the film got four more movies in the franchise but it's just um I don't maybe it's one of those things where, you know, it kind of flopped at the box office because people didn't really know what to make of it. And then it came out on video and more people saw it and like the DVD sales blew up and, and did really well. Um, cause when this was released, it kind of was in the infancy of streaming. So there would have been quite a bit of like DVD and Blu-ray sales. Um, so I'm willing to bet that that might have had something to do with uh, like, you know, you, you see a lot of like, see that trend a lot with, um, what do you call it? Uh, with uh, like, not fan favorites with um, like cult classics. Cult classics. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, you know, it just bombed at the box office like Boondock Saints. <laughs> oh, um, God. It opened to like three theaters and, you know, and then like everyone owned the DVD. Um so yeah, I don't know, maybe one of those situations, but exactly, I, yeah. So so it is currently streaming on HBO Max. Um, so that's what I watched it on. I do not own all of them. I was also kind of bummed, and we'll talk about this later too. That the sequels are kind of all over the place. They're not available really. Like per Janarchy, the second one is not available streaming, which is bullshit in my opinion. But whatever. <laughs> So uh, the budget for this movie was actually only $3 million. So for a movie like this to only have a low budget of $3 million and to get Ethan Hawke is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. In uh, the U.S. and Canada, it grossed $64.4 million. And then on opening weekend, which was June 9th, 2013, so it was a summer movie, it grossed $34 million that opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada. Worldwide, the final gross was $89.3 million. So highly successful for a $3 million budget. Mm-hmm. So according to the director, James DeMonaco, the famous road rage incident awaking the idea for the purge, because he wrote this, remember, it happened like this. He and his wife were driving on the freeway when a drunk driver cut them off, nearly killing them. After both cars stopped, the other driver's lack of remorse enraged DeMonaco enough to engage in a fist fight, and police eventually had to get involved. After the incident was over, DeMonaco's wife turned to him and commented how great it would have been for one free murder a year. <laughs> he felt bad admitting this because she's normally a sweet woman, which just goes to show we all have a dark side to us, too. Of course. We all go a little crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Hawke is an old friend of producer Jason Blum, because this is a Blumhouse film, mm-hmm. and director James DeMonaco, and was happy to appear in The Purge to give their low-budget movie some star power. As usual in Blum's productions, cast and crew work for scale and receive a percentage of the profits, if any. Hawke reportedly received only $3,000 up front, but due to the movie's worldwide success and the back-end profits, he has probably received more money for this film than any other in his career. I don't know if you can necessarily state that because he's been in a lot of stuff, but that's pretty badass that he was able to get a back end deal, which honestly, like, it's probably the way to go. I mean, maybe at the time it was his uh, his high, highest grossing film or mm-hmm. like in terms of his his income. Um I, I don't know uh, uh, what uh, what he got for like Boyhood and um, and for the Black Phone because that movie I I've yet to see it but same I've I've heard nothing but great things about it yeah um, I've heard I've heard some good stuff so I'm excited yeah. to see it. 
So the bloody stranger later identified as Dante Bishop in the third purge movie played by Edwin Hodge at each time is the only person to appear in the first three purge movies. So the person that they let in that the son lets in, he's called the bloody stranger. He's in um, the first three purge movies, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So super cool. Here's a synopsis I took from IMDb. Uh, it is brief, so here we go. This one didn't have it said unknown, I believe. In the not-too-distant future, rampant crime and prison overcrowding have inspired the U.S. government to implement a unique solution to restore the peace. Each year for a 12-hour 12 12-hour 12 period, any and all crime becomes permissible as police put their jobs on hold and hospitals close their doors. It's called The Purge. And remarkably, the annual event leads to drastically reduced crime and record-low unemployment levels throughout the rest of the year. But this year, as suburban parents, James, I wouldn't call them suburban. I would call them wealthy elite parents. Yeah, suburban is. Yeah, I don't like that. As wealthy elite parents, James, Ethan Hawke and Mary, Lena Headey, place their home on lockdown for the annual event. A desperate man finds his way into their neighborhood while fleeing a sadistic gang of masked killers. In a moment of compassion, James and Mary's adolescent son, played by Max Burkholder, unlocks the door, offering sanctuary to the frightened stranger. Unfortunately for the entire family, that act of kindness may also be their very last, because now the killers who were pursuing the man have surrounded the house and have vowed to kill everyone inside unless they are willing, willingly given the man they are hunting within an hour. As the clock begins to tick, the family fa- faces a difficult dilemma. Do they sacrifice the life of a stranger in hopes of saving themselves or attempt to stand their ground until the purge expires? So that is the purge. It, it's kind of a spoiler uh, review, field review, but uh, it's brief. So that's that's what works. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. David, this is a safe space on the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Uh, we just read about um, uh, Demonico's wife uh, saying, you know, I wish you could murder someone once a year. So I want your truthful answer. I will not judge you no matter what. So here it is. <laughs> could you ever purge? Re- and regardless of your answer, how would you survive the purge? Yeah, kill some motherfuckers. No, uh, I um, honestly, I even or ever since this movie came out uh and and the franchise got more popular i had considered the question um you know uh lightly over the years and even more so recently since i just i recently went through all these movies um and uh i honestly i i don't think i could and i even furthermore, I, I don't think that I, I would feel really inclined to to need to do that. Um, now that isn't to say. Um, I mean, I, I know that there's some uh, some blurred lines between what's considered purging and what's considered like, you know, crime and vandalism and whatnot. <laughs> like, you know, some people when they think of like purging, they think of like you know, killing some dude on the street. Um, which obviously that that qualifies, but you know, they say all crime, including murder, is legal for the next twelve hours. Uh, I, is vandalism, you know, like uh, considered purging? I, that's what I would be into. Um, and even then, I might still feel bad. Like I, <laughs> I, like I break my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I feel bad. So I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like I I would maybe want to experiment one year, but I'm also kind of chicken shit. So I'd be I'd also be pretty terrified of just going out that night. And because you know, if you go out, you risk you know someone like coming up to you and just bashing you in the head with a fucking hammer, someone um, purging you. <laughs> yeah, just relieving you of your life. Um, and, you know, you're not necessarily safe at home. Just look at the family, you know, in uh, in in this first film. They they weren't safe. Uh, they, uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, I I don't know. Maybe um, I. Maybe some light vandalism and uh, some like if I had one of those cool like uh I don't know how far you made it into the franchise, but uh, 
there's this car that they uh it's like an ambulance and it's almost like from uh what's that video game like vigilante eight or whatever oh yeah all the reinforced <laughs> cars like it's yeah. it's like a rambulance and uh <laughs> It's just reinforcing it to like hit people with and, and just 86 them out of this world. And uh, so I, I think that'd be fun um, if if I could do that. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe. Could be fun. I mean, I, I could I could purge the shit out of people like I, I, I I'd murder people. I mean, if this it, look, I'm not going to in real life. This is all just obviously hypothetical in right. real life. I would never hurt a fly, but. For the sake of, of this world that we're in, I don't feel bad saying that I could murder somebody. I mean, regardless, and I think this movie, the reason this movie is so interesting is because it really does dig deep into what we're saying. So like you, we all have, we're all ethical. And so for me, like, you know, with graffiti, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do it because I'd feel really bad because especially since it's only 12 hours and you're like, oh shit, someone's got to clean that up. Right. But yeah. um, we haven't lived in this society and I'm sure that the early, t- early, the infancy of the purge, people were apprehensive and like, oh, I don't want to do this. But once you get that, you know, that taste for blood, you got to satiate that taste. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I got a question for you, uh, that is directly related to, to this question. Donald Trump. That's who I kill. Uh, okay. <laughs> that pretty much answers it. I, uh, I'm kidding. I was like, uh, my, my question was, would you be more inclined to go find someone, uh, that you want dead or, um, and you can name names if you want, you know, like friends or family. Um, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, or would you be more of like the, any old motherfucker that crosses my path kind of situation? No, 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 no. It'd have to be someone who deserves it. So I'm looking at like yeah. evil racist people or just like terrible, terrible folk. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the Dexter approach, right? Um, yeah. Where I, it's the people that deserve it sort of. Thing. Yeah, I, I could do that. Um, of course, you know, a lot of a lot of the people, they, they wear masks. So uh, it's, you know, it, it's kind of can be hard, uh, difficult to tell. But yeah, um, yeah, either way. Um, and I think for surviving the purge for me, I think it's important to yeah, go somewhere that's like isolated that you can kind of be alone. I mean, I would go. It's tricky because you're like, well, I want to stay in a city where there's resources. But if you go out to the middle of nowhere and you, you barricade it, I mean, all bets are off if you if you can get anywhere you know, close mm-hmm. for any type of whatever. Otherwise, you're just on a dirt road. I would have contingency plans left and right. So. I would be setting up booby traps, very Kevin McAllister esque, <laughs> and um, not let those bad guys get to the to the front lines. But I mean, it's like if I'm at a house in in farmland, who the hell is going to know that I'm all all the way out there? And I can't imagine more than like ten people would come out that way. So I think I could handle ten people with all my ingenuity and all my right. cunning. Yeah, and even furthermore, if we lived in a society that. Um, observed a purge day uh, once per year i feel like that would drastically change the way that we live our lives mm-hmm. the other 364 days of the year uh in terms of uh how we feel about gun control and just guns in general and learning how to shoot weapons uh and crossbows and how to just defend ourselves in general uh, i feel like people would take that a little bit more seriously um so i know i would i i'd i'd sign up for for uh for some uh capoeira lessons you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> learn how to use a bow staff um, you'd be uh laurie strode from halloween mm-hmm. two which is halloween one which just retconned everything and, <laughs> and yeah you'd be annie oakley out there shooting every day no, I'd be, uh, I'd be, what's his name? Todd. That's evil dies tonight. Oh, evil God. dies. tonight. <laughs> uh, it's like, it comes out this Friday and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to do this to myself again. Cause the second one is so bad. I but, have, yeah. uh, I, I did read a, uh, an interview with, um, David Gordon green yesterday that said that he won. He's still proud of that movie. Oh, uh, and, uh, two, like he, he, chooses not to defend it because he like he it ties into his second point which is things will start to make sense with the direction that he went with the second film when you see the third film which is one of the things that i kind of predicted with it 
um apologies for derailing this podcast on no, purge to talk totally about fine. halloween but totally fine we'll um, have to we'll have to discuss it once yeah, we we'll, actually see it so yeah we'll do that so for the purge you know this movie it plays with a lot of themes that explore class and social status you know the elites they're safe the secure because they have all the money right and they're able to kill at will uh these rich school kids are running around like manson followers and they're happy that they're killing Whereas you have the less fortunate masses, they're forced to hide, they're forced to run and survive like you get with the stranger. Um, he's not enjoying it, but these other assholes who can afford security and guns and, and a good life are just living it up. So is, is the purge really about releasing anger and violence or is it something else? What is the actual true agenda of the new founding fathers of America? And let me put a caveat on this. I haven't seen the other movies, so let's just focus on The Purge itself. Okay, that's a, that's actually an excellent caveat. So I will avoid uh, any spoilers for the uh, the the other movies. Um, I think it can be a twofold situation. I think it can be a little bit of both. Um, I can see it as like, hey, we you know. In an uh, in an exercise uh, to to maybe prevent crime from happening so rampantly, let's give citizens one day a year to just vent all of their frustrations, guilt free, consequence free. They don't have to worry about going to prison. Um, just you know, killing motherfuckers left and right. You know, do your own thing, and then after those twelve hours, you know, your time is up and. And then, you know, they, they did that and, you know, they, they said crime rates went down and, and crime itself, you know, it, it took a nosedive and the, the prisons were less crowded and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, the, there was obviously some quote unquote good that came out of the decision to implement the purge, but it could very easily be looked at as one of those situations where they had they had this grand plan, this evil grand plan that is kind of sugarcoated in this this spin. Like they put a spin on it to where you know they're like, "Hey, you get this," um, but in reality, this is what's happening. Um, and uh, yeah, that that definitely that aspect of it definitely gets explored a little bit more in in the further movies. So, yeah, well, and uh, it mirrors what's going on in, in the world now. I mean, especially in, in American politics and how the wealthy elites have all these things, you know, handed to them. But then the middle class is pretty much non-existent anymore. And uh, yeah, it's you, obviously I think I think um, uh, DeMonico was was thinking that exact same thing as he was formulating the idea for the purge that it's not really necessarily the true agenda of the new founding fathers of America. And again, without me seeing the other ones, I'm thinking it's just a way for these wealthy elites to be like, let's just get rid of these poor people because we don't like poor people. Very, <laughs> um, very Lucille Bluth sort of thing. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So is this the only purge film that you have seen in the franchise? So I think so. I started uh, the purge election year. And I only got like 10 minutes into it. I it's not because I didn't like it. I just don't remember what happened. But sure, I I, I can only go in order. I need to watch Anarchy next because I think that's the second one mm-hmm. um, and then go from there. I do want to watch the first purge, but again, need to go from there. So yeah. I will watch them, but I'm damn Anarchy needs to be streaming. I I would say uh, since you have only for the most part you've only seen the first movie, get on Amazon and buy the five disc Blu-ray set. That's what I should have done. Um, I was lucky enough to where I think three out of no four out of the five movies when I was going through it, um, four out of the five were streaming, um, and then it was across. It was like HBO for the first one, and then Peacock for like two, three, and um. And then like I had to go rent four and then five <laughs> is available on like Amazon or some shit. I don't know. Um, so they were, they were all over the place, but uh, yeah, I would say since you are, you know, you're where you're at, where you have pretty much only seen the first one, mm-hmm. just go buy the, the five disc set. I, I don't even think it's that expensive. I think it's maybe like 15 bucks or so. Um, and then you'll, you'll have all five movies. Um, and uh 
that's basically the amount you'll spend in in renting them unless you just aren't in any kind of hurry whatsoever and just will catch them whenever they come back to streaming so well i am in a hurry because i because at this point now i'm like i need more <laughs> right <laughs> i want okay. i want to finish it damn it so yeah that's what that's what i'll probably do i'll look around yeah i mean i can um I can see and I'm pretty particular like I'm, I'm more on that 4K kick, but at the same time, mm, it's only twenty seven dollars yeah. for the five pack at on uh, in, in Blu-ray and you get digital copies. So, yeah, cool. OK, well, yeah, that's um, I'll, I'll do that. And then hopefully that'll answer some of the questions that I need that I need answered. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So and I'll piggyback off of that. Like, ultimately, what do you think was the meaning of uh, of this film? Um, was it goodwill unto others? Was it love thy neighbor or was it just own guns because motherfuckers be crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of meanings and hypotheses that can be, um, contrived from the, this, this film and the franchise as a whole, obviously. Um, but you know, sticking to the first film, I think one of the the biggest themes is trust and and a little bit of faith uh, because, you know, they're they have a feeling that uh, those evil fucks outside their door are going to find a way inside their house. You know, they the they are freaked out for good reason. They they know that somehow, some way they're going to find a way into the house. Um but at that point, what's really concerning is that the moment that that uh, that what's his name um, was let into the house by the son, he basically disappears and they don't know, you know, they, if you've seen the movie, they have a big fucking house. It's it's a mansion, basically. And so he could be anywhere. Uh, and those those crazy fucks outside, they cut the power. So, you know not only could it be anywhere, but it's really difficult to see them. So I think there, I think trust is, uh, is a pretty big theme, um, in, in this film. I also think that do unto others, uh, is a good one, but with a, with a caveat or a disclaimer, do unto others, but also walk tall and carry a very fucking large stick. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say Uh, so. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I'd say that's, um, you know, it's it's kind of like what uh, Nick Fury said to Cap in The Winter Soldier in the elevator ride where, you know, he tells the story about his grandpa where, um, you know, he 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 was an elevator uh, door person for, you know, a, a long time. And, you know, uh, people would be friendly on his walks home from work. And then over the years, they would get less friendly and he'd get to grip in the uh, the the revolver in his uh, his lunch bag a little bit tighter. Um, so you know it's it's kind of like that where you know you you want to remain friendly and open and positive and try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but you have to be prepared for those situations. So yeah, yeah. trust is a good one. I mean, for how sure. can you trust your neighbors if they're plot twist trying to kill you? So mm-hmm. yeah, which. They are <laughs> yeah, a bunch of, of a holes. Yeah. But how did you feel about Ethan Hawke dying? So he has that kind of John Wicky moment and you're like, oh, this is pretty badass because for a normal security dad, he knows how to wield a shotgun and then avoid, you know, an ax to the face and take on three coked up teenagers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, he then just dies. How'd you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I, so I, that was probably my favorite scene in this movie, aside from the, uh, the, the Lena Hetty scene at the end with the neighbors, which uh, I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but this scene in particular was fucking bananas, uh, you know, just, uh, with the, in the pool table room where, you know, he's just avoiding shotgun blasts and just kicking these at two fuckers asses like at the same time it was just it was beautiful to watch and then heartbreaking to for him to turn around the corner and just what gets stabbed in the sternum basically um so yeah it it was a bummer to see him die but to be if we're being honest i was already kind of mentally prepared for him to be the one that eats it i i figured with this type of movie 
um, with such a small contained cast that someone in the family was going to eat it. And I, I just had a feeling that it was going to be like the protector of the family. Um, I just, I just had that feeling. So I, I was already kind of mentally prepared. Um, but you know, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't have feelings about him dying. So it was a bit of a bummer. Um, but at the same time, like, like his performance was good. Um, like Ethan Hawke, he's, you know, a fantastic actor. Um, and I loved him in this, but I mean, other than like his, his action sequences, like, I don't know, it was, it was an okay performance. Um, so overall I was just kind of like, meh, like, you know, I, like I said, I I was kind of already mentally prepared for someone of, uh, that importance to, to die by the end. So when it, when it did happen, I was like, yeah, there it is. (laughs) <laughs> well, there it is. That's there the is. shot right there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was inevitable. You're right. I, I think I think somebody had to die. I actually thought more people were going to die than just him. But right, alas, yeah. it's a it's a it's a big budget movie, and they're scared of taking certain risks. So mm-hmm. I understand. I shouldn't say big budget. It's not big budget, but it's <laughs> it's Hollywood. Right. And yeah, yeah. Uh, David, are you a Twilight Zone fan at all? So uh, short answer, yes. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't got a chance to see a lot of the episodes, but, um, my grandma was a huge twilight zone fan. Um, and she, we, we unfortunately never really lived together, uh, or lived close together. Um, except for a handful of years, um, about 15 years ago, she lived in Nashville with my grandpa. Uh, but anytime, like she would come over, um, to like, give my parents uh, a break, let them go out on a date night and she would watch TV and she didn't give a shit. Like she, she treated us, uh, me being the oldest, uh, especially like kind of like an adult. And she let me watch whatever she was watching. Sometimes it was Jeopardy. Sometimes it was Twilight Zone. <laughs> and so, it, so I, I managed to catch a few episodes that way, but overall I was more of a, um, what are you, uh, a, uh, what was that show with uh, the dude from uh, Star Trek? The uh, Beyond Belief. Outer I watched. Limits? Oh no. Uh, yes. Uh, or, I mean, uh, Beyond Belief. Uh, I did watch Outer Limits as well, um, and then uh, Tales from the Crypt, uh, mm-hmm. of course. But I think. Um, I mean, obviously, it's uh, you know the Twilight Zone is so multi generational. Like, despite it being black and white, you know, it's like I I watched the episode you recommended. Um, and sorry for taking so fucking long to answer this question. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I, I am definitely a fan. Um, well, I, yeah. I know that. And so I'll jump to that. Cause I mean, so this movie, it reminds me of the monsters are due on Maple street. And in that twilight zone episode, it's basically, cause all the twilight zone episodes, if no one has seen an episode are about 20, 25 minutes long and they're self-contained stories that, have some sort of allegory or some sort of creepy message at the end. And they're freaky. I mean, there's so many uh, derivatives of twilight zone stories that have gone on, but also many twilight zone stories were, they started out as, as like a short story. So basically the monsters are due on Maple street is a whole neighborhood who um, one kid sees something in the sky and uh says it's an alien and everyone kind of is skeptical, but then starts believing him. And at that point, everyone then starts kind of going ape shit and all this type of uh, paranoia jumps in and people start getting upset with each other and uh, guns start coming out and they just tear apart the entire neighborhood. Shocker at the end, it's actually like aliens experimenting on this town, showing the human nature and how terrible humans can be. So I think the purge took a lot of inspiration from the monsters are due on Maple street. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know your thoughts on that. I know you just recently watched it. Right. Yeah. You, you made that recommendation um, in your notes and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll watch it real quick. And I can, I can definitely see it's, it's got that kind of mob mentality uh, thing to it. And so I can definitely see some inspiration being pulled, uh, even, uh, especially at the end, you know, when, uh, the, the big reveal, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, you know, they, they find out that they're, they're basically just, uh, being experimented on. Um, 
So I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, it was it was interesting, um, and it made me want to go back and and watch all the Twilight Zones that yeah. that I've missed. Because, uh, like I said, it's such a fucking timeless show. Like it, uh, it's it's a lot like uh, uh like kind of like Black Mirror in that mm-hmm. sense. Where I mean, Black Mirror is a little bit more updated. You know, so it's it might be a little bit more, a little bit less timeless. Um, but, you know, it, it seems like the Twilight Zone just dealt, deals with more themes that are a bit more universal. Right. And it definitely does. And I, and I think um, they, they DeMonico could have pulled several examples from previous twilight episodes but i i feel like this one just relates well because you're right that mob mentality um it can really take over it's it's just like the the i don't know what the theory is called but whoever throws the first brick it's just like that's the catalyst that starts everything else right from, from happening or for happening and so whoever casts that first stone with the purge it then just opened the floodgates um, mm-hmm. and it just shows how terrible people can be given. And, you know, look at January 6th, how fucking stupid those <laughs> those idiots were because they thought their democracy was was in jeopardy. And, you know, they can't read above a uh, eighth grade level. So that causes them to storm the Whoa, Capitol. Eighth grade. That's oh, giving them a shit. little too much yeah, credit. Is. Hooked on phonics. They need, like, uh, yeah, just because daddy, like da- just because daddy lost, you know, they get really upset. So God. whatever. Um, but basically, like those are the types of people, those insurrectionists that that would enjoy the purge. They're the ones that would benefit. But also the people who are the puppet masters who are controlling us, um, the aliens in in Twilight Zone, basically would be like, this is working out exactly how we thought it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. You, you let these stupid people do stupid things, and sure enough, they're going to go on a killing spree. So pretty right. scary when you really boil it down. But um, but yeah, I love the Twilight Zone. There are so many fantastic episodes. I would love to get in and do a podcast about Twilight Zone, but I would have to research the shit out of it because there are so many more hardcore fans than me, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. So this movie, it does a really great job of setting up the dilemma in the film. Uh, but I think what happens, because the, the whole premise, like we've been talking about of for 12 hours, you get to murder people. Oh, well, all crimes are legal, I should say. Not just murder. All crimes are legal. But everyone starts to murder for some reason. Because murder's sexier, apparently, for a film. Um, instead of people robbing casinos or banks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, this movie does a great job in setting up that dilemma uh, in the film. But I do think it falls flat towards the end. So after James, Ethan Hawke's character, gets killed, the movie just kind of exists for a while. It, it really feels like it's on autopilot and it's coasting. The quote-unquote twist is pretty weak, and that twist is when you find out the neighbors are actually going to kill him and, and they hate him. Oh, that's terrible. Right. Uh, but I feel it drags on so much because, I mean, if they're going to kill him, why are they going to tie him up and then kill him? Why don't you just kill him right there? If you hate them, you're, you're doing the James Bond villain thing, tying him up and revealing the plot. It's, it's, it's bullshit. So yeah. what are your thoughts on this movie um, in the sense of of what I just said? Like, did it fall flat for you? Um, and then could have could this ending have been better? Um, you know what? I, I think the ending made sense, uh, in, uh, in terms of how they, they set up, uh, the, the scenes with the neighbors, um, and the discussions with the neighbors at the beginning. Um, if they just had that opening sequence where, you know, you see, uh, Ethan Hawke's character driving home and you hear the, the, news reports on the radio and then you get a cut uh of lena hetty's character talking to a couple of the neighbors and then someone drives by and you know you get snarky comments uh and you're like what, what the fuck is that all about um so i did appreciate that that was the twist uh where it came back around um and you know kind of touch back on that um was it the best ending? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I can't really think of any other way that uh, this movie could end. I, I didn't really entertain it uh, for for that long because uh, I, I was just excited to kind of dive deeper into the franchise. So I didn't spend too much time with this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to answer your question, I, 
I didn't mind it. Uh, I, I thought it made sense within the context, like I said, with, uh, you know, them talking to their neighbors at the beginning. Um, I thought it was kind of funny that it's, it was such a petty thing. Like, you know, that's, that's grounded in real life. You know, you're no matter how rich, no matter how poor, the arguments that you're going to have with the neighbors that you don't get along with is going to be about the pettiest bullshit you could possibly think of. Um, and, you know, and they're all mad about, uh, you know, selling uh, him, selling them the, the alarm systems that, you know, don't work or that are faulty or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, they're mad about this, that, and the other thing. Um, I thought it was kind of funny <laughs> personally. Um, <laughs> Especially that, you know, they ended up getting their, their comeuppance at the end where they just got the shit scared out of them. And, um, I, I can't remember it. Did, did any of them end up dying? Uh, I, I felt like one two, got shot. Two, two of them got killed. Um, okay. the guy that was walking his dog at the start of the movie, he got killed and then another person did. And I can't remember, but that was it. And okay. it just kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of like whatever. I'm going to immediately jump to my last question on this. So we'll skip, we'll skip number seven for right now. And we'll come back to it. But okay. basically my biggest gripe, because it ties into what you're talking about right now, because sure. my biggest gripe is just how this movie played with the rules and the story of like what happens after the purge ends. So sure. Mm-hmm. You get 12 hours to do whatever the hell you want, but like how do the Sandins deal with their neighbors moving forward? They just tried to murder them and Lena Headey just broke her nose with a shotgun I mean, there's literal bad blood there between them. Like, do they train and do they scheme on how they're going to kill them next year? Like, ooh, I'm going to set up a picnic basket, but there's going to be a bunch of sticks and leaves and they're going to fall into a death pit. I mean, like, (laughs) what do you do, right? Like, the purge in theory is solid, but it just opens up a line of revenge stacked on revenge stacked on Inigo Montoya's, right? Yeah. And and so, so that's the thing that gets me, and that's why I think this ending, it should have been different. I think too many films nowadays, too many mainstream horror films are about that revenge and maybe it's because i've been seeing some darker ones that have really felt made me feel unsettled but that's the whole point when you have an amazing concept like the purge you better end it like guns blazing baby like i don't Mm -hmm. care who dies your main characters could all be murdered and the you know the the villains get away scot-free do something different and creative and unfortunately this just kind of felt so fell so flat because they're not following the rules so like how do you how do these people move forward knowing that they just purged or knowing that they were about to get killed? Right. Yeah. Um, that is in fact an excellent question. Um, and in fact, a consequent of the purge, uh, you know, but considering how messed up, uh, and two faced their relationships were with, with their neighbors to begin with, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they all just, you know, not necessarily forgot, but just moved past their troubles and went on with their lives because they were in a jeopardized situation where, you know, those neighbors, they, they went in, like you said, guns blazing. They, they had the, the tactical gear to put this family literally on their knees, you know, tie them up and be like, Hey, you fucked us over. We don't like you over some petty bullshit. And now we're going to kill you because it's consequence free. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, and, and then the tide turns, um, I just, I don't know. You know what, it, what you said, it's, it is a valid point. Um, it, it does fall a little flat, uh, and it, it does kind of leave it open to like, you know, what are they going to do next year? Like, are they going to hold on to that? Um, those, those grudges, um, I would imagine you'd have to, but there, and I mean, legally aside, you know, like what about if you were to stab someone at like 11 hours and 58 minutes and they died at 12 hours and two minutes, mm-hmm. it's like, uh Oh, is this murder or because I did it in the confines of the purge that I I'm fine. I mean, like, how does that work? It's, I, I think I know that I, I, I need to suspend my disbelief a little bit, but I right. think that one kind of really pissed me off because even the daughters like mom, they were going to kill us. It really does make sense. You're like, you're within the reasons and and the means. And I'm sorry, your kids don't want to see this, but they're going to have to learn. They live in this society (laughs) that, uh, when, when you try to attack my cubs, mama bear is going to go ape shit on you. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we see in the animal kingdom. So, and I'm not condoning violence, but I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm putting myself in this ugly, violent world that is the purge just for sure. the sake of this experiment. Right. Yeah. Um, like I said, that that's all very, very valid. Um, I, uh, I don't, I don't know what I can tell you is that this film, uh, that the ending pales in comparison to the other, that the endings of the other films in the franchise, uh, I'd say they, all the rest, uh, they have pretty satisfying endings, um, or leave on a, a quote unquote valid cliffhanger where you're <laughs> like, oh, it doesn't just end, you know, it's it, like it ended, but I can see kind of like where it's heading and where the next film, if they do a next film, where it would pick up or how it could pick up. So it feels like there is some resolution. It's not just kind of hanging and you're like, well, it just fucking ended. Um, <laughs> So I, it, there is some good news there for you, Zach, is, is that this, I, I would say this film does have like the, the most like lackluster ending to it. So, well, I found on HD movie codes, they have, uh, iTunes versions of most of them for five bucks. So I might just buy those cause whatever, you know, like 20 bucks. I really don't need to own the first one. Um, but who knows down the line, sure. I, I, I will. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm holding out hope that it'll get darker because it has a bigger budget mm. and they can push the envelope a little more. But Blumhouse is really hit or miss. It's not a 24, but Blumhouse <laughs> does some pretty good work for the most part. So for um, sure, I think that was one of my biggest gripes with it was just the ending and just the, the goddamn rules. So rules is rules, homie. <laughs> rules is rule. But uh, OK, so then speaking of the sequels, how many have you seen and how did you feel about the follow up movies total in the purge? Like how would you rank them or were you just like this one was absolute dog shit or, Oh my God, I loved all of them or whatever. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I have seen all five. Uh, like I said, I, I was, I was late to this franchise. I literally started watching, uh, watching through all five of them, maybe two weeks ago, two and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, and just kind of, I, I binge watched them, throughout the span of like a week or so um and really really enjoyed them uh it, it was kind of like a, a similar exercise last year when i i watched all of the paranormal activity movies you know we uh we did that episode last year on your podcast um and i think at that point i had only seen one two and three um and and so it was just an opportunity to watch the rest and i was like holy shit like this is this is like a very undervalued franchise. Uh, and I feel very similarly about the purge. Um, I'm not as high on the purge as I am on the, uh, on, on paranormal activity because they did a fucking bang up job of just connecting everything so seamlessly, Mm -hmm. uh, together. Uh, but, um, yeah. So like I said, I enjoyed all of them. I watched all of them. As far as rankings, I would go as uh, my favorite to least favorite, uh, albeit still good, uh, would be The Purge Election Year, which is number three. Um, uh, that's you know uh, because of the title, Election Year. That's where they're uh, electing. A, I, I think it's a new new president of the Founding Fathers or something like Or no, Founding Fathers is a political party, um, I believe, or it started as a political party. Shit, I'm getting my purge history uh confused but um (laughs) don't do that (laughs) yeah yeah don't ever do that um but yeah i i think uh election year is is probably my favorite um it has that and number two has i can't remember the actor's name but he plays um oh what's his name in um uh captain america uh Winter Soldier, uh, Rumlow. Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo is his name. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he was um, a warrior and stuff. Yeah. Like that. And he is a fucking badass in these yeah. movies. Um, I kind of wanted him to be in all of them, but I'm, I'm glad that we got him a little bit and it was cool to see him play like the, the protagonist instead of like trying to beat the shit out of Captain America and say, hail Hydra. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah, uh, second favorite is the first purge, which is number four in the series. Um, third favorite is the forever purge, which is the latest one that we got. Uh, I think it came out last year. Uh, uh, fourth is the purge anarchy, which is number two in the series. And then, uh, the original, the one that we were talking about is my, uh, fifth favorite. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's a little all over the place. Um, and I actually, I took serious time to consider this. I was like, <laughs> I know, like I said, it ain't that deep, fam. But it ain't I, that deep, fam. Yeah, but I, I wanted to take some time and and really consider like, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, some of my favorite aspects of the movies. And man, they they really go down the rabbit hole uh, in terms of the the economic impact that the purge has uh, on society and um and all that so i i I think that you know they they only get better as they go on so i you know if if you're listening to this episode and you've seen the first movie but haven't seen the others and maybe you're a little like me where you're apprehensive and you're like you know there's five fucking movies like Mm -hmm. is there really that much more to expand on yes there actually is uh, believe it or not. Um, and, and they're all good. Uh, like I said, I, I enjoyed them. And my word is gold, by the way. Uh, <laughs> solid gold. Solid gold. Like yes. a solid gold toilet. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, like, uh, like what's his name? Uh, like Saul Goodman. So Saul- oh, I miss it. I miss right it already. Uh, I know. I know. Hmm. It's a good one. But yeah, I, I so I'm, I'm definitely going to jump on those because I also am a completionist. Like, so with all the Saw movies, when I did Saw last year for the podcast, I was like, well, I can't just stop at one. I have to do all of them, obviously. <laughs> and I just I enjoy doing that for sure. But yeah, did it's, you? Um, yeah, it's OK. Did you see the one with Chris Rock? Whatever that was called. Spiral. I have not yeah. seen that yet. OK, I, I'm uh, I, I, it's I, on I, HBO. Yeah, I've heard mixed things. Um, I might add that to my short list to, to watch this month mm-hmm. because uh yeah, like I said, I've heard mixed things. Uh, some people say it's good. Some people say it's not that great. Um, and uh, I always like to watch things for myself and make up my own mind, which is what everyone, everyone should do. That's uh, advisable for everyone. Don't listen to critics or metacritics or audience scores or whatever. Just go see the damn movie and make up your own mind. Yeah. Then you meet some people who tell you you can't give your opinion on Twitter <laughs> and they're assholes. They try to uh, censor you on Twitter because you don't fit into their narrative. So they project right. whatever they're feeling in their life to you. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Seriously, fuck them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so that's all I have for questions. Um, you did wonderfully in answering them. I oh, thank you. I, I like am seriously wanting to watch them now because I'm like shit okay now this makes more sense i'm like <laughs> it's almost like i can we can do a redux and i can just change my answers so mm-hmm. um but here's what i want to do for part of the show that i really enjoy so this is your hottest take i want you to defend and you, you need to choose one defend your hottest and most controversial take on this movie on the series of movies on movies of this genre on the actors from it whatever it may be that pertains to this type of movie um so defend your hottest take for me go 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 uh yeah i i had a little bit of trouble with this one i'll I'll be honest i um i didn't i guess it didn't compute mentally that uh it was more open than than that like you said like this type of this genre uh like i didn't even think to go there i was thinking more i guess narrow-minded um so my uh my my hot take which i get it's probably not even it's maybe like warm. It's like a warm tea. <laughs> um, is that, uh, and it's something that I've already touched on. It is not the best film in the series, you know, in long running franchises like this, a lot of the times it, you know, you go with the original. It's, it's like, you can't beat the original. It's kind of like that, you know, alien is a good example. Like the original, it's always going to be the best aliens is a fantastic runner up, but that's, you know, that's more of like an action horror. Uh, whereas like the first was straight up horror. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my hot take is that, uh, the first while good and it did lay the groundwork for more films to, to, to come out after it and evolve the, uh, the storyline and the narrative and, and touch on these socioeconomic themes. It is by far not the best uh, film in the series. I do like how self-contained it is. 
Um, but you really don't get a good understanding of exactly what the purge is all about in this movie. You, you get an idea like you, they do a good job of letting, you know, as a viewer, you know, what, uh, what the deal is like, Hey, from seven to seven, you know, all crime is legal pretty easy concept mm-hmm. but like i said it's uh, uh far and away not my favorites um so yeah uh if you want to consider that a hot take uh i uh that is well, uh that I, would be it no i agree i mean i think that is it's too many times people say oh the original's the best and i'm like but are you just saying not that because always. it's the first one and it's like in the case of alien and aliens i mean those are two different things that's like saying uh or two things i like a lot um, LaCroix and Waterloo, uh, you know, LaCroix is better than Waterloo. I'm like, bitch, Waterloo is so good. And so is LaCroix. I think it's delicious. So they're two different things completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it is that narrative of the first is the best is bullshit. I yeah. agree with you. And I can't speak to this yet because I haven't seen the others, but I have a feeling in my heart that they will get better. Uh, because of the production and the upped kills and and X, Y and Z. Right. Here's my hot take for you. And I asked you to think about this before. I don't think this is a horror film. I do not uh, think that I this is agree. a horror film. I would agree this at no point, And everyone has their own subjective definition of what a horror film is. I think horror films usually deal with the supernatural um, things like witchcraft or devilry or or any type of scheme or whatever sounds supernatural. I know there's the genre of slashers and serial killers, which aren't necessarily supernatural, but even those to an extent, like certain serial killers will get hit with like, I don't know, a hammer and you'll think they're knocked out, but then they get up and they're fine. I'm like, okay, that would kill you. That would kill any normal person. So obviously they're a little more supernatural or Jason Voorhees being down by the lake one minute and all of a sudden now he's on top of the house. Like, come on, there's a certain level of, of expectation for that. And this movie is pretty grounded for the most part. There's nothing that really goes crazy other than Ethan Hawke's John Wick scene, which is exactly to my point. This feels more of an action movie. I would say that this is more of an action with a bit of suspense because there were no moments in it when I was scared, when Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, God, what's going to happen? We've seen more gore and blood in hardcore action movies. Um, This one wasn't that... There was nothing that got me to the point when I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm watching this alone. I was just like, oh, eh, it's a cool concept. It's more it's trying to be more you know, thought provoking than it needs to be. Right. Um, but yeah, overall, this is an action movie for me. Yeah, I, I would put this in the same camp as like Panic Room. Yeah, I can see do, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like same. I mean, except that was directed by the one and only and never matched David Fincher. Fincher's um, the best. Yes, he is the best. <laughs> uh, he needs to make another fucking movie, damn it. Um, I think he's working on one. Yeah. Um, what is that? I feel like he... What is he working on? Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, that statement um, is... Uh, or opinion is that uh, this is... I mean, there, there certainly can be... Uh, there an argument can be made that there are certain elements of horror within this, but it is absolutely more of a, uh, an action suspense thriller type situation, um, with a few choice scenes that could classify as horror, but, um, and and I'd even go so far as to say like the rest of the series still is uh, it, it kind of teeters but a- as you go on it, it's it definitely is classified more as horror uh, mm-hmm. than the original um but yeah i i 100 agree with you i would not consider this horror um and, and that's not a knock on it at mm-hmm. all um uh, we've already made our knocks on this film um, <laughs> all the knocks uh yeah it's a hard knock life there you uh, go. for us uh but yeah yeah um yeah, that's then yeah. we are in agreement, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get any final thoughts you have on the purge and what is your letter grade? Uh, yeah. Uh, so like I said, I I'm glad I finally had a chance to visit this film and the franchise as a whole. Uh, 
had a good time with it or had a great time with it. Uh, it was very rewarding. It was a a fun exercise and, uh, and, uh, considering what, what this might actually be like. Um, I I feel like with the pandemic, uh, it it was a little bit easier to imagine a world with a purge, which is kind of scary. Uh, but, um, yeah, overall I, I enjoyed it. Uh, as far as a letter grade, I would probably go with a um, with a B minus. It's a pretty good. That's a pretty good grade. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go lower. I'm going with a C plus on this one. Okay. It just didn't. It doesn't hold up as well as I wanted it to. I actually found found myself quite bored at moments. Sure. Um, but it's still serviceable. It's mm-hmm. still something that I can watch. But it's definitely one that I'm like. I'll just wait till it's on just watch. That's why I'm like, do I really want to spend six bucks to buy it? Eh, I mean, I'd rather have six bucks, but um, you know, that's like half a gallon of gas nowadays, but um, right. Yeah. So I I think I go C plus on mine. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, Yeah. I, I feel like letter grades for movies just sound and feel so much better than star ratings i know that they 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 kind of equate to the same thing but like it's so weird giving like austin powers a four star rating (laughs) and then this like a four star rating i know it's it's so different yeah it's but you know at the same time you, you you do the same thing for letter grades i i don't know but like i said it just feels like letter grades feel different like they feel more accurate uh, I don't know what the pluses and minuses you can kind of whatever. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, yeah, I've said my piece. Perfect. So real quick, uh, one or two movie recommendations or what should we be watching? Sure. Um, so, um, oh shit, let me, cause I've watched so much, uh, definitely be watching, uh, midnight club on Netflix. It's the new, uh, Flanagan joint. Um, I, uh, I think Zach is in this camp too. Uh, we are what they call Flanagan fanboys, um, to the nth degree. Um, we're, we're Fanagans. Oh. Oh. Um, I recently watched the original Dracula and that was pretty cool. Um, it's uh, fun seeing a, a cool old as fuck black and white film. Um, it's kind of what gave me my idea for, uh, for, uh, our episode we just did for the geek garage. Um, I re recently rewatched, uh, the ring Two for some reason. Um, I, I don't know why I just jumped to the ring Two, Uh, but, uh, I totally forgot that it was directed by, uh, the same Japanese director that did the original, uh, Ringu. Um, totally forgot about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, not as good as the first, but still passable. So, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some stuff uh, that I'd recommend that I have watched recently. Uh, it's a drop in the bucket. Uh, since August, basically, I've been watching nothing but horror films <laughs> um, and Bob's Burgers. Uh, there like you go. Late at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. Something a little happy and less depressing. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. So, yeah. Well, David, thank you so much. It's been a blast as always. And I will no, definitely have you. you back on the pod because you are a friend and and I enjoy your insight. Oh, so where can we find you on the social medias? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, for the most part, I'm I'm active as the podcast or my Etsy shop. I, I have an Etsy. Etsy shop where I make uh, geek and nerd inspired tumblers, basically anything that we talk about on the podcast. Uh, that's stuff that we uh, we we make um, make tumblers. And I made Zach one. Uh, yeah. Actually, it just popped up in my Facebook memories uh, mm-hmm. today or yesterday that uh, uh, I when I sent you the the Batman tumbler. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, um, that's uh, that's where you can find me um, at uh, at geek garage gear or geek garage podcast um you can search for me on facebook we have a facebook group um called the geek garage podcast fans and listeners um where you can uh, you can join and chat about uh geeky and nerdy topics so uh yeah that's that's me 
Yeah, I love that tumbler. I've taken it up snowboarding with tea, and I've mm-hmm. uh, seen how long it stays hot, and it stayed Forever. hot my entire mm-hmm. like eight hours away from home. And I was like, sweet. So I Dude. had some some hot tea on the way down. Oh yeah, that's it's perfect for hot drinks, like and cold drinks too. Like I'll go to bed with like some some ice water or whatever, and there will still be ice at noon the next day in it. It's it's crazy, and yeah, people have talked about like tea, like. Uh, like putting their tea in it and I'm like please like pour the tea like like steep the tea first in a in a a regular mug if you can (laughs) and then transfer Mm -hmm. it to the tumbler that way it loses a little bit of heat um, during the steeping process because you will burn the ever-living piss out of your mouth Mm -hmm. if you just first sip directly from the tumbler so it's uh they're effective just tea. Yeah. Um, so cool. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at ZachDale60. That's my personal Twitter. At both of those, you can share your thoughts, you can give us film suggestions, and you can tell us we're crazy. Or you can even send me funny memes because I love to laugh at memes. Please make sure that you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like it. Additionally, we are also available on every other major podcast app. Thank you for listening, and until next time, don't be crazy. Bye. Bye.